Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today we invite you to join us in our message series and dive deeper into what God's Word has for us today. How are y'all? Happy New Year. Everybody doing okay today? Seem a little quiet today, but it's all good. You guys are the brave ones who got up this morning and braved the elements. Road's okay. I've been here for a few hours. They weren't great this morning when I drove, but so great to have you. Everyone joining online, it's great to have you as well. And uh, man, I'm just excited to be able to uh, share with you guys today as we come together, first Sunday in the new year, and uh, come together to set our hearts before God before going into the next year. Uh, I hope you had a great New Year's, New Year's Eve. You celebrated what God has done in 2021. It's really hard for me to say 2022, but celebrate what God has done in 2021 and then look forward to what God is doing in 2022. How many of you, by maybe show of hands or just saying yes or amen or I don't know, maybe you're old school, hallelujah, that's cool too, whatever, like would say you're excited online, if you're on Facebook, just give us a thumbs up. Are you excited for 2022? You have anticipation that God is going to do great things in you, in our church, in our communities. Uh, God has so much in store for us. Man, I hope you feel that. I hope you sense that, that you're looking into the next year, not with like, man, who knows? 2020 was crazy. 2021 seems like keeps getting crazier. Who knows what's going to happen in 2022? And I'm like looking forward to what it is. Who knows what the Lord's going to put before us that we might be able to interact with him and uh, I've told you for many years, the last number of years uh, specifically, I spent a lot of time uh, at this time of year, first week of the new year, last week of the previous year, in evaluation. Like, I think it's really healthy to evaluate yourself, where you are. I would say in all areas. Oftentimes, the only real area we do is physically. Like, hey, you know, do I need to get better? I need to do a doctor checkup. You start working out again, as we joked about last week. We do all these things, and I would press into you. I'm not going to talk about that today, but I would press into you to evaluate your own self, where you have been relationally with your spouse, with your kids, with your family, with your friends, with your community group. If you're not in one, you need one. Physically, where you're at, where you've been, where you want to be, emotionally, Man, I've learned a lot in 2021 about emotional health and how much it will affect the rest of your life. Spiritually, where have you been? And I want to talk a little bit about that today, where you've been and where I feel like the Lord is pressing into us going into 2022. And so today, while we can evaluate ourselves relationally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of these different E's, Today, I think the greatest one you can evaluate, I don't say greatest because the other ones aren't important, because I think if you don't evaluate the other ones, they will affect you spiritually. But I would love for us to press in for a moment spiritually where you're at. And I want you to be wholeheartedly honest as I am going to be very candid with you and uh, even share with you some of what I've learned in the last year, specifically on my time away in sabbatical and what the Lord has pressed into me. And I hope that you today, whether you're joining us online or you're here in this place, can be candidly, wide open, real with your own self as to where you are with the Lord. Because you'll never get anywhere in the future unless you're actually honest with where you're at. 
And so today, I just want to share with you one major thing, if not the biggest thing that the Lord has pressed on me in 2021, specifically during my time of sabbatical, and then going into the rest of the year, even with this boot as a practical example of what God is doing in my life. And I think what I would love to share with you, I've shared with many people personally, and it's resonated with them in profound ways. And I hope when I was praying about today is a day between different series. So today, every campus pastor is preaching whatever they want. And so today, this is what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart to preach out of my own brokenness that you might be able to hear from the Lord as I feel like this is what the Lord has led us to. And so in a moment, we're going to go to Luke 10 in a second. But before we go there, I just want to share with you how we got here. You know, I want to share with you, I can share with you tons of different things that the Lord revealed to me. Honestly, I had some major revelations from the Lord in the last year. Unlike I've ever had in my entire Christian experience. The Lord has revealed many different things. But I think today, what I want to do is the greatest thing that God has revealed to me in the last year. And it started... Uh, last year, towards the beginning of the year, I started to see a counselor for about three months before I started doing sabbatical. And what the Lord revealed to me in three months of 90 minutes every single week with one person processing all of my own self, God revealed some amazing and profound truths for me. But I hadn't yet allowed it to move from here to here until the Lord met with me specifically in a number of different ways. And he did that a number of different ways. I'll never forget, Sarah and I and the girls went on a trip out west, and we were about the middle of our trip, and I was sitting on a picnic table in Yellowstone National Park, just outside of there in a campground, outside of the, uh, the park in the morning, reading my Bible, and God, for some reason, had this moment with me to bring me to Luke chapter 10. I was reading through the Gospel of John every single day through my sabbatical. And for some reason, I was around John chapter 12 or 13. And while I was reading it, the Lord told me to turn to Luke 10. And I turned. And he didn't say it openly. It's not like God, you know, Jim. <laughs> Luke 10. No one drove by. It wasn't in the clouds in the sky. It was just, I felt the Lord lead me to Luke chapter 10. And in that moment, the Lord met with me in a profound way in this passage to show me what he wanted to reveal for me for this year. And I wanted to press into you because I think it would be beneficial for you and, and many of us as well to find and read ourselves. So what, while we're reading, I just want us to read the passage. I'm going to read it, Luke 10. You'll know the story well, but I want us to do something unlike we normatively do. Don't just read it. Read it. Begin even now to find yourself in the text. So I'll read it together. Luke 10, verse 38 through 42. It'll be on the screen as well. This is what it says. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha, Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. 
But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So, Kind of the background of what's happening, Jesus has been doing ministry like he normatively does with his disciples, going about. And just before this, you can read about the story of Jesus sending out the 72 disciples, and he sends them out, and he gives them power to cast down demons and to heal the sick. And they're so excited as they come back, and they're like, Jesus, this is incredible. Man, they, the, the demons listen to us in your name, and all this different stuff. And then he goes on and does some more ministry, and then he has this interaction where he tells the Good Samaritan parable. He has this interaction where he's going back and forth with a lawyer, probably more like a teacher. And honestly, he's probably tired, and he enters this village. He probably feels much like I do on Sunday afternoons after a whole morning of this. I'm usually up at about 5 in the morning, and then all of this, you get home at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and I've learned in my older age, I just need to take a nap, so I lay down for a little while, and then I feel great after that. i got to imagine Jesus kind of felt like that. He enters the village, he probably just wants to kind of relax, and he comes, and he's welcomed by these individuals, the two characters we want to look at today, Mary and Martha. And this is where the text actually begins. These are the people we want to look at. We have Mary, we have Martha, we have Jesus. And in verse 38, it says that he enters the village, and this woman, Martha, welcomed him. So just a little bit of background on Mary and Martha. If you don't no, maybe you haven't been around church. Maybe you're watching online long. Mary and Martha, you can read about them in John 11 as well. In verse 5, Jesus loved them. They were, they were his friends. They were his close disciples, Mary, Martha, and their brother, Lazarus. Maybe you know who that is. This is someone who Jesus, in one of the few times in all of the texts of Scripture, comes to his grave and is so overwhelmed with grief that he wept because of his friend, Lazarus who had died, knowing that that's not the way it was supposed to be, knowing that there's a better way. They were committed followers of him. Remember in 11, excuse me, that's what happens in John chapter 11, and his two sisters are there. These are his great friends. He's encountered them before. He knows them well. And when we look at the story, what I want us to see is this. In, in a number of different times, people have pitched this passage of scripture as Mary and Martha, two different types of people in the kingdom of God. We have those people that are strivers and doers, and they're the ones that are just taking the kingdom of God by force. And then there's those who are cont contemplative, who sit and reflect and be. And I would say that people talk about them, those are the doers and the beers. And I think that that's actually not what the text is saying whatsoever. I think Jesus has a strong rebuke for us and for those in the text, and he wants to teach us something through the story of Mary and Martha, not as opposites, as in sense that this is okay and this is okay, more as one is the better and one is not the better. Not in as a person, he loved them both equally, but in the moment, one needed to learn from the other. So if you look in verse 39, it says this, and she had a sister called Mary. So Martha greets Jesus at the door. Jesus comes in, and she had a sister, Mary. And it says this about Mary, and we'll talk about her again in a moment, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to his teaching. She sat there as Jesus was there in their home. In a moment, we'll get there. Martha is, is busy getting things ready, and she sat at the Lord's feet. Now, 
Judaism didn't forbid women from being instructed in the Torah, but it was abnormal for a woman to be allowed to sit at a rabbi's feet. It would have been maybe even a little bit scandalous of sorts. But I love her posture. Her posture is sitting at the Lord's feet, learning, just wanting to hang on every word that Jesus had to say, that she might be able to be with Jesus, hear from Jesus, and learn from Jesus. Think of it this way, kind of like, you ever told a story, you read the Christmas story, oftentimes you're sitting there, your kids will maybe sit on the floor as you're reading, it's that kind of scenario. She's sitting there, she's trying to absorb all that she can from Jesus. She has a posture of learning, but not only that, you look at her, she has a posture of worship. This isn't the first time or the only time, excuse me, that we see her sitting at the Lord's feet. Do you remember the scandalous story that you probably heard about if you've been a part of church before the other time we read about Mary? Later on, John chapter 12, this is what it says. Six days before Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus raised from the dead. So, man, these are his friends. He's coming there to visit with them. So they gave a dinner for him there. But look what it says. Martha served, typical Now, Mary was probably there helping her as well. And Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. And Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Like, again, a very similar posture, but a little bit different. Now, instead of just sitting there and learning from Jesus and and trying to absorb all she came from Jesus, she came in worshiping Jesus. Probably helping Mary, or Martha, excuse me, serve. And then out of a moment, out of nowhere, she brings this expensive, probably, as you read about the text, as you do a little research, there's probably a family heirloom that's worth probably somewhere around a year's wages. Put it in the term, maybe thirty-five dollars to $40,000 in modern terms. And she comes in, she's so overwhelmed by Jesus wanting to worship him that she breaks it open, anointing his dirty, nasty, smelly feet. Feet are dirty in general. But in their time with sandals, imagine walking down the roads, dirt, dust, animal stuff, And she breaks it open in in an extravagant act of worship and then wipes it with her own hair. That Mary had a normative posture of wanting to be with the presence of Jesus, wanting to learn from Jesus, wanting to worship Jesus. This is a normative thing. She loved being with him. She loved hearing from him. She loved sitting at his feet. She loved being in his presence. This was the heart of Mary. Now think about Mary for a moment. The first character we read out in the story. And think about your own life. Do you find yourself in her? That this would be normative for you to be called Mary. Before we move on to Martha. Now you look in verse 40. This is what it says about Martha. But Martha... So there's a comparative, comparative thing happening here, a comparison. Mary was this way, but Martha, first thing that was said, was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. How many times have you heard that tone with your children? You don't care that I have to vacuum the living room? She's playing video games. This is her heart. This is what she said of her. Martha, 
Honestly, when you look at the story, probably saw Jesus approaching and thought to herself, man, the master's here and he probably needs a good dinner. Maybe you looked overwhelmed, maybe you looked depleted. She for sure has the gift of hospitality. She wanted to do a bunch of stuff for the Lord. She wanted to make him comfortable and make him feel refreshed. This isn't a bad thing. This is actually an amazing thing. How many people love people with the gift of hospitality? Yeah, me, I love it. Like, they make good food. I'm a fan of food. It's awesome. She probably had this heart that was pouring out. She just wanted to serve the Lord. But because of this, what does it say in the text? It says because of this, she was distracted with much serving. Now, when you look at the word distracted, it means this, to be pulled away or dragged away So the idea is this. The idea is that Martha too wanted to probably sit at the feet of Jesus, but she was pulled away doing a bunch of stuff for the Lord. And as Mary is sitting there in the presence of Jesus, learning and gleaning from Jesus, Martha was walking back and forth, probably catching bits and pieces of what the Lord was teaching in in snippets here and there. And honestly, she probably longed to sit at the feet of Jesus with Mary, but she was distracted. She probably longed to be with Jesus. But listen to this. The cares of doing a bunch of stuff for God distracted her from being with God. The cares of doing a bunch of stuff for God when she was in the presence of Jesus distracted her from actually being with Jesus. Martha's an amazing, devoted disciple. She loves the Lord, and here she is. When when you read in the text, there's this kind of smoldering that's happening. She's getting hotter and hotter by the moment. She's increasingly getting more mad at Mary and probably Jesus as well. Perhaps, I don't know, she's probably giving glaring looks as she goes by to Mary. I mean, you know those looks that your wife gives you when you're with a group of people and she's like, Jim, stop talking, you're talking too much? Or whatever it might be, and they're glaring, or the, the glare you give your children when they're acting out or misbehaving in the presence of other people and you're just looking at them, you should know what this looks, my eyebrow is bent, do something different. She's probably doing the same thing to her sister. She's probably in the kitchen dropping pans and clanging them together, trying to get Mary's attention to be like, you lazy Sister, do something. She's getting more and more upset as the moments get by. She gets so upset to finally she comes to the Lord and she just lets him have it. Lord, do you not care? My sister's left me alone to serve. Tell her to help me. She's probably the firstborn, type A. And she's generally upset with her sister and with Jesus. Again, like my kids, when they come and their sister won't do what they want or they're doing all the stuff and they won't tell them to do what I want you to. That's Martha. Now think about yourself for a moment. Would you find yourself in Martha's shoes? Love the Lord, but honestly, you're distracted with many things in life pulled away with the anxieties and the problems and the troubles of life, as we'll see in a moment. Look at Jesus' response in verse 41. It says this, 
But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Now that is a profound statement. One thing is necessary. He didn't say two things. He didn't say three things. He didn't say five things. Here's five things that are necessary to be a Christian. He says one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. You gotta imagine Martha comes to Jesus. She's probably like, okay, once I tell Jesus, he'll respond and tell Mary to do what I want him to do. She's probably expecting Jesus to rebuke her sister and chew her off into the kitchen and be like, yeah, go help Martha. We need to eat. But that's not what he does. He gives Martha some loving correction, much like Jesus gave me at a picnic table in Wyoming. Some loving correction. As he mentions our name twice, and you read about all the different times in scripture where that happens, he's trying to get Moses' attention in a burning bush. What do you say? Moses, Moses. He's trying to get Martha's attention in this correction. Martha, Martha. Like when you're trying to get your child's extension, and you say it numerous times because they're not quite listening, or you can tell that they're not quite listening. And here's what happens. He says that she's been anxious and troubled. So she's not just distracted with serving the Lord, but she's anxious about it. And, and she's distracted with the, with the troubles of, man, this food's got to be ready, and this has to happen, and the Lord has to be taken care of, and all these different things have to happen. How many of us in life are distracted with many things in life to serve the Lord. Like this has to happen and this has to happen and that has to happen. I'll tell you on Sunday mornings, it's a major distraction. This has to happen. Man, does someone actually plow the lot today? Is there salt? Is someone gonna slip and fall and die today in the parking lot or whatever it may be? And the Lord says to Martha, you're anxious and troubled about all these things, but one thing is necessary. This is an amazingly profound statement that we cannot read over very easily. One thing is necessary. Many could have said, serving on Sunday mornings is the one thing that is necessary. He could have said, man, giving money to world missions is the number one thing. He could have gave a list of things that we all call good things, but that is not what he says is the one thing that is necessary. What is the one thing? He says, it's the good or the best portion that Mary has chosen. Same word is used for the good portion of food that is chosen when we eat. It's the best portion, right? Uh, when I was in California, I went to a Brazilian steakhouse, which I haven't been for a long, long time. Man, if you go to a Brazilian steakhouse, it's going to cost you a little bit of money don't waste your time with going to the salad bar. Hello? Wait for the meat swords. That's the best portion. I went there with three other pastors from around the country. They continually tried to get us to go to the salad bar and bring us plates. We're like, nope, we're just straight meat tonight. That's it. Just keep it coming because it's the best portion. You're going to lose money tonight. And that's what Jesus is saying here. That Martha is all busy about doing all this other stuff. 
But Mary has chose the, the best portion. What Jesus is saying, I want you to hear this today. He's saying that the highest priority in a believer's life is being with God. More than doing a bunch of stuff for God. That's what Jesus is saying to Martha. The most important thing about being a follower of Jesus is to be with God and to know God more than just doing a bunch of stuff for God. And he shows the level of priority just by the way in which he says, this is the better portion and it will not be taken away from Mary. You see, Martha was troubled, worried, anxious, distracted, about doing stuff for God, and she missed on being with God. And Mary chose the better portion of being with the Lord. You see, Martha is making the mistake that many hosts make. You ever host? Maybe you've hosted family Christmas. And you're so overwhelmed by having everything in the house ready, the food ready, that you get so anxious and overwhelmed that you miss the point of people coming over for Christmas is to be with them, to fellowship with them, to enjoy their company. You miss it. By the time they get there, you're so frazzled because you know what? Their food didn't come out perfectly and there's still like a kid's diaper on the floor over there or whatever it might be. You didn't vacuum your home. At the end of the day, right? The world's gonna end if someone sees your home out of place. And we miss the point because we're like now on edge because when people actually come, we can't be with them because we've been distracted, anxious in a world. This is exactly what Jesus is saying to Mary. See, Jesus would have much rather, what he's saying, enjoyed her company for her to be with him. But she was so distracted, she couldn't be with him because she was doing for him. And you look at the comparison, it's, it's fascinating in the text as Luke writes it. Luke is very strategic. He was a physician. He never followed Jesus. This was an after account as he actually got much from the apostle Paul and others. Look at the details. As he compares them, Mary sits, Martha serves, stands, running around. Mary is attentive, Martha is distracted. Mary is the one thing. She's focused on the one thing. Martha has many things she's trying to do. Mary is committed to the one thing that is necessary, and Martha is rebuked for unnecessary busyness. Mary is quietly listening, the posture of being like a disciple, and Martha is busy working and doing So I want to ask you, in the few moments I have left, what would your life best be depicted by? Mary or Martha? It's interesting. If you try to look at it, you might think that you find yourself in Martha. I think there's a couple different Marthas in our world. And I'll just be straight up front with you. I was and am still struggling to be Martha. Maybe you find yourself like Martha, like me, those who are distracted with much serving and anxious about doing a bunch of stuff for God, that we miss the better thing of being 
with God. Honestly, I think this is a lot of people in the church. I think this is a lot of pastors in the church. One of the things my counselor said to me is, we're really good as in ministry of teaching people about water, showing them where the water is, but we rarely drink from the water. And I think that there's a number of people in the church today that like Martha, they're catching bits and pieces of things from Jesus and being with Jesus as they're passing, as they're coming to church on Sunday mornings and leaving. Maybe the normative for people nowadays is twice a month and they're hearing different things in in maybe small group as the small group leader is doing in passing as they're serving the Lord. But the cares of doing a bunch of stuff for God has distracted them from actually being with God. You see, the amazing thing is Martha didn't realize that Jesus preferred company over service. Jesus preferred fellowship over service for him. I mean, the same thing is true today. Serving the Lord with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength is a great calling. It is something that all of us should strive for, but it's all not worth a darn if we're not being with God. You can serve the Lord seven days a week and all of it be for nothing if your own soul is withering away under the weight of separation and not being with God. This is exactly what the Lord revealed to me sitting at a table in Wyoming in the middle of nowhere. I heard the Lord say to me, Jim, Jim, you have been distracted with much serving and been anxious and troubled about a lot of other things that you've missed the best portion You've missed it. Man, you're doing a ton of stuff for me. But you're missing being with me. And man, it's amazing because I could go into all the details, but that's not here. This isn't a therapy session for Jim. You want to know privately what the Lord's revealed to me in the last year? I'd love to talk to you. But all of that was revealed to me in months of counseling, part of my upbringing, part of a lot of different things that I cast that on the Lord, that my relationship with the Lord is much like other relationships in my life. It's about doing, it's not about being. And then I cast that onto the Lord, that my relationship with the Lord is a work relationship. It's not a being relationship. And God looks back and says, that's not how it should be. And what's fascinating, I told you about my leg. What's amazing, six months later, the Lord's revealed this to me and I'm doing great, but then I'm not doing so great. When you come back to work and you work for the church and you start doing a bunch of stuff and you get distracted and you get anxious about all the other stuff again, then I go to California for a week of counseling with seven other pastors and to have some fellowship with them. And on day one, what happens? First three minutes, I'm at the place. I rupture my Achilles tendon. I know exactly why. The Lord looked at me and said, Jim, you're again being distracted by doing a bunch of stuff. And I'm going to give you a real physical reminder of what it looks like to stop, slow down, and be 
and it's going to remind you physically. And people are like, man, why do you think it happened? I'm like, I don't even have to question it. I already know why the Lord did what he did. He said, I'm gonna give you a practical example of what it looks like. It's amazing. Maybe you find yourself in that place, or maybe you find yourself as a Martha, maybe not, you're distracted and you're anxious about many different things, but not necessarily good things or the best things or Jesus things or God serving things or kingdom things. Maybe you just find yourself in life that you're so distracted with doing and, and, and catching up and staying above the, the water and keeping up with the Joneses and working and all the different stuff that you are not finding time. You're missing the greatest thing, which is being with the Lord. Like Martha, man, you long to be with Mary and sit at the feet of the Lord. And you're hearing some stuff in passing, but at the end of the day, you have too many things going on in your life for you to actually be with the Lord. You've chosen the lesser portion what you've chosen is that, man, once a week, I'll get my fill up from Jim or Alex or Pastor Chris or someone else teaching, but six days a week, I don't need to be with the Lord. I'll just do a bunch of stuff, and hopefully, can I just ask you, what kind of relationship is that? Just think about it for a moment. If you had a relationship like that with your spouse, that all you ever did was do a bunch of stuff for each other, but you never were with each other. You never just would be with each other. Do you know why so many people that we counsel in the church are getting divorced after their children leave their home? It's because they have nothing to do together anymore. They've just been doing stuff for each other for years, and somewhere along the way, they lost their way, and they just do stuff for each other, but they've lost the, 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 the art of just being with one another, knowing one another, hearing from one another, and then when the kids, the thing that was gluing them together in doing are out of the house, they're like, man, I don't know how to be with you, so it doesn't work. Can I tell you, so many of our relationships with the Lord are like that. We're just doing stuff for the Lord with the hopes that he'll keep on loving me. So I'll keep going to church. And I'm not saying you're not a believer, but I'm just saying at the end of the day, you can still be married to your spouse and not know your spouse. And I think there's so many believers today that are still married to the Lord. He is your savior at the end of the day, but there isn't this knowing relationship, this being relationship. We know the Lord and he knows with you. Can I tell you today, I just want you to know whether you're watching online or you're here, God wants to be with you. He wants to hear from you. He wants to talk to you. He's jealous for you. He's a relational God. He wants your heart. He wants your devotion. He loves you. And he wants to be with you more than he wants you to do stuff for him. And this is what the Lord has been revealing to me. John 15, man, when you have time, I don't have time to read it now. Branch life, abiding with Jesus. My whole life, I read John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. But when you abide with me, you can bear much fruit. And my whole life, I heard every sermon focus on the abiding so that you could bear much fruit. Like this transactional relationship of like, man, if you don't abide with the Lord, you won't be able to bear fruit. And at the end of the day, the focus is on the branches, not on the fruit. The focus is on abiding with the Lord and the byproduct is fruit. 
That if I just learn to abide with the Lord, be with the Lord, learn from the Lord, spend time with the Lord, listen to the Lord, sit in silence before the Lord, actually enjoy the presence of the Lord, the byproduct will naturally be fruit. My relationship with Jesus, your relationship with Jesus is not a transactional deal. It's not. Man, just abide with the Lord so that you can bear fruit. Imagine that in your spousal relationship or any relationship for that matter. Man, I've got to abide with you so that this will happen. No, I just love you and I want to be with you. I want to be in your presence. I will long to be with you. This is the Lord with us. And I think so many of us have settled into a transactional relationship that like, man, yeah, I know I have to do this so that I can survive as a follower of Jesus. Can I tell you, this year, we have to choose very deliberately. Life, if you haven't noticed, it'll be 2023 before you know it. And your life doesn't naturally arrange to the proper priorities. Hello, anybody else? After six months, you're like, what happened? And you have thousands of things calling for your attention to do. And if you're not careful, we'll miss out on the better portion of being with the Lord. Because we've got a lot of stuff we're going to do at Woodside Bible Church this next year to storm the gates of hell for, for this area. We're going to do a lot of stuff. That's all good. That's amazing. We want to keep pushing forward the kingdom of God. But may we not lose in the process being with the Lord, knowing the Lord hearing from the Lord. And you might say, man, Jim, that's great. I hear you, but I haven't experienced that kind of relationship with the Lord in a long time or ever. I know without a shadow of doubt, there's people in this room right now that would say, I have not experienced that kind of relationship with the Lord in a long time. It's okay. Can I, can I just free you? That's okay. Today's a new day. You can start here tomorrow. Tomorrow. You can start. Wake up a little earlier. Make a cup of coffee, if you enjoy coffee. Grab your Bible. Sit before the Lord and say, Lord, today, what is it that you want me to hear, see, and know? Crack open your Bible. Begin to read the book of James as we're about to study it. And do it again and again and again and again and again and see what the Lord does in 2022. Can I tell you, if we can figure this out, you will have the greatest year you've had in a long time. And I don't care what the circumstances are. You'll have the greatest year you've had in a long, long, long time. If we can figure this piece out. And it might feel weird at first. I'll tell you that. Because you want to know why? When you have a marriage relationship, just like I said, and all you do is do for each other and you never actually be with each other, and then the first time you have to be with each other, it feels really weird. The same will be with the Lord. But as you glean from one another, can I tell you, I'll promise you this. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, you will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I can promise you that because it says it right here in scripture. And I'll tell you, men in the room, you're going to struggle with this more than women. Because we just struggle in general with being, being known, 
and letting ourselves be known. And you know what? Some people in the room, some people watching online, you might struggle with this more because there's sin in your life that needs to be repented of. And every time you go before the Lord, you're just reminded of it. And some of us need to just take some moments and repent of what we have in our lives. And it could be small things, not, not massive things, but even small things, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, jealousy, whatever it may be. And every time you go before the Lord, you feel like, man, guilty because there's things that are ruling in your life. Maybe you're gonna have to take care of those things before you try to go before the Lord. And this can change our lives, I promise you. But being with God needs to be just being with God, not getting anything from him, just to sit with him, to know him, to love him, to share with him, and nothing else. And the byproduct, I promise you, will be fruit. It will be a relationship with the Lord that you haven't experienced maybe before. And this is my heart for the next year, that we as a church would learn more and more what it's like to be with the Lord. Learning to sit in silence before the Lord. Learning to hear from the Lord. So much so that Pastor Alex was just sharing with you guys that we're gonna start this next week. Not this next week, but the 10th to the 14th with a prayer week. We just had a couple of guys in our church put up a wall. We're gonna make a prayer room over here. And he said to pay attention because we're gonna be sending out some information. We want during that whole week, additionally to everything else happening, we want that prayer room filled around the clock, nine to five every single day with people just being with the Lord in there and praying over our church and our church family. And you can sign up for that in the next coming weeks that during the day, if you have time to come and just pray as we fill it up for an entire week to set our week ahead or a year ahead, excuse me, and learn more and more what it looks like. And I don't know where it finds you today. And maybe you could just, all of you, and even watch on the line, like Jim's crazy. And I don't know what's wrong with him. He's Martha and we're all fine. We're Mary. And we just learned we have a jacked up pastor. And that's fine. But I have a big feeling that there's more Marthas in this room than put on. And my heart is that we would learn to be like Mary, to sit to be. And if that's problematic for you, if that's trouble, you don't know where to start, again, come see me. That could be your first step. Pastor Alex or one of the other staff that we might be able to walk with you in that journey. In a moment, I'm going to invite the worship team to come out and we're going to take communion. It's the first Sunday of the month where we take communion. We celebrate what the Lord has done on our behalf. What the Lord did, can I tell you, we we were reminded of this in communion, what the Lord did for us that we might be able to be reconciled back to him. Can I tell you, it's not just so that you could be saved. Jesus gave his life on the cross, what we celebrate in communion, so that we could be with him for all of eternity that we would be reconciled back to him. So I'm going to ask Taryn to sing a special song. And as she's singing, you have your communion elements. I just want you to spend some time before the Lord, praying before the Lord, being before the Lord. Maybe just sit, close your eyes, and allow the words to speak over you and see where the Holy Spirit doesn't find you today. Then take a couple moments. If you need to say to the Lord, like, Lord, hey, It's been a rough year. I haven't been with you much, but today's a new day, Lord. Thank you for what you did for me on the cross that I could be with you, and I want to be with you again. I want to be in your presence. If there's sins in your life, 
that you need to confess and take before the Lord. Do that now. And then when you're ready during the song, I just ask that you take the communion on your own as you're sitting there with your spouse or your family next to you. And she's going to sing. And then when she's done, I'll come back up and we'll close the service. So let me pray. And then uh, they'll sing. God, thank you for our time that we have together, for the moments we have in your word. God, I thank you for special moments where you reach down from heaven and you, you smack us over the head with the most gentle touch and correct us like Martha from our distraction, our anxiety, our worries that distract us from being with you, Lord. Uh, May we enter into 2022 longing to be with you, to know you, to be known by you and nothing else. Not to get something from you, to have something, to earn something, but just to know you, Lord. That is our greatest desire. That is our greatest point of satisfaction is to know you and be satisfied in you. The byproduct of the Lord we know will be the bearing of much fruit. It will be the kingdom of God moving forward. It will be the church multiplying. But may we not be a church that moves forward in multiplication in pushing forward the kingdom of God all the while being distracted from the king, from the one, you, Jesus. So, Lord, even as Taryn sings, may it be the prayer of our heart. We want to be with you and nothing else. We're not trying to gain anything or any blessing from you. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head over to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.